Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the third annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. What? <laughs> Why are you frowning looking behind me and shit? <laughs> the look of concern on your face right now. <laughs> Jesus. Then you're reading something and Katie just frowns at me. And stares at I just like freaking you out. No, it's the line. Oh yeah, it just it's jiggles. Like shining in the yeah, it like jiggles. Yeah, that's what I was looking. Halloween screamathon of Otis's reactions to Katie's glances. Fuck a duck, man! She didn't even say nothing. She just did it like something's behind us. I was like, "What's behind us?" If something was behind us for real, I would have said something. Oh, okay, so I am your host, Otis, and this is episode sixteen of this awesome show. I am joined today by Jumpy Katie. I'm not jumpy. You're the one who jumps. Hey, man, that keeps you alive. Constant <laughs> vigilance. A certain wizard used to say that all the time. Gotta, yes. Gotta stay ready. A fake wizard that wasn't even himself. I assume a real one said it, too. Oh, probably. I don't know. Yeah. We only met him for, like, 30 seconds, so yeah. who knows? I assume David Tennant watched him for a while and like, oh, he says that a lot. <laughs> and it jumped in his body. Anyway, and Emma, and we hey. are reviewing... Hey, another anthology film. Otis really <laughs> likes those. Yes, I do. We <laughs> really like those. Not just Otis. Hey, great. Because I'm just, <laughs> just going to do some more. We watched the Mortuary Collection. Uh, you know, so a lot of the anthology films that I watch and enjoy, like Trick or Treat and um, ooh, what's the other one? Tales of Halloween. Uh, absolute bangers tales from the hood is an absolute banger in my heart urban yeah. legends tales from the crypt episodes are cool this type this genre of horror can be fucking just a thumbs up i've seen bad ones there are terrible ones out there um but yeah, the vhs3 more... we keep coming back to yeah i, I keep <laughs> quietly avoiding it one day we will watch it but um the mortuary collection probably one of the coolest ones that could easily get a sequel. I need a sequel real bad. I really need a sequel of this. Yeah. So just for the uninitiated, if you don't know anything about this, go check it out. Yeah. Right off the bat. Just don't listen to the rest of this podcast. Don't let us talk about it at all. Go find it on whatever streaming service it's on or rent Amazon. Go watch this movie. It is very good. Before we spoil it for you, go check it out. Yeah. It's newer. But but before I spoil it, I want to tell you, mortician uh he is looking for a new hire in his job and a young lady comes in named sam and uh they do a little talking and so it's stories and scary stories about death and they attempt to out scare each other with scary stories and then it gets wild this movie is cool uh it's it's, very much like um it reminded me of trick-or-treat a lot Oh, no, it made me think of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. Where they were like yeah. trying to scare each other. Yes. Yeah, Made for your approval the midnight to set. Yeah. Uh, but Not the- quite scary stories to tell in the dark. Not yeah. quite that intense. But- yeah, that's another anthology. Yeah. Kind of. Fantastic. No, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, uh, like always, we'll get through this story because it's fucking great. So, um, the beginning. This is in a small island town called Raven's End in the Mortician Montgomery Dark. Hey, it's Clancy Brown. If you don't know who Clancy Brown is, hey, you know Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob? That's Clancy Brown. 
Or hey, <laughs> hey, that big red monster in the first season of Mandalorian <laughs> the episode where they broke the one blue guy out of jail. Remember that that big red guy that got switched by the door? That's Clancy Brown. Uh, <laughs> that's the newest. Yeah, he out here in this movie looking like the asylum owner from Beauty and the Beast. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, he manages the Ravens in Mortuary. And one day, a little a young woman named Sam comes in, respond to the help wanted sign outside. And so he finally agrees to give her an interview, even though she's the only one. And that's kind of what she says to him. Like, well, I don't think anybody else is really trying to get this job. So you should just give it to me. And he's like, I suppose. Um, he takes her on a tour of the facility. And then she shows curiosity about a small kid-sized coffin and then he agrees to tell her a series of stories of people that died in the town and she's like i really don't really care and he's like well it's part of the job and he's like oh okay so uh very much just like in the vein of other anthology stories uh people are just like i don't really care about this story he's like well i'm gonna tell you anyway he's like uh, okay <laughs> and then they're just forced to listen so the first one uh, doesn't really have a name. They call it segment one, but it doesn't have a name. A young woman, she goes to the rest, restroom in a party, and you realize she's a pickpocket and really fucking good at it. She stole like four or five wallets, and she's pocketing all the money. And then she gets a little jealous because, jealous, greedy, because she hears a sound in the medicine cabinet. And plus, you know, she's already stealing shit from the house. Might as well just steal what they got in there. Might be some good pills. So she's trying her best to open the medicine cabinet and she can't get it open. She finally pries it open. It looks like it's a whole nother world on the inside full of tentacles and monsters. Uh, Cthulhu, I think. Yeah. Uh, she tries to close it, but at that point it's already open. They're like, nah, we're going to come and get you now, lady. And she gets grabbed by the monster and it pulls her through the medicine cabinet. So now if you know the size of a, you know, a window or a mirror in a bathroom it's not that big and she's kind of tall so she gets pulled from the middle wrong ways into the medicine cabinet and then tentacles close the little medicine cabinet and then actually before that one of the tentacles goes to the light and clicks it back off uh at the beginning the lady comes in and clicks the light on and there was some slime on it she's like that's fucking gross so apparently everybody that comes to the restroom that night got yanked up by this monster and then smushed. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so that was the first story. And then after that, they're back into uh, uh, Montgomery Dark. I'm just going to call him Clancy Brown, probably. They're back in Clancy's office. And he's got, I got another story for you. You know, it's, it's going to be a good one. Uh, this one's called Unprotected. So uh, Katie and Emma, there was an actor. His name is... Jacob Ingordy. Yep. It was from what Kiss Booth and Kiss and Booth one, two, and three. Yeah, and something and else. And so. two hearts and uh a whole oh bunch of Netflix stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in this and uh it's it's pretty good. So this is it's weird. The time period of this, there's rotary phones and the cars are old, but it seemed like I don't know, it just felt weird. Apparently, this happens in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So frat boy Jake. He's passing out condoms on campus because he's going for the mindset of if you make the ladies feel free and liberated, 
they get in their pants easier, you know, and the other guys are like, oh, man, that's pretty smart, you know? Oh, you are such a smart man. Man, you're going to get all the girls. He is going to get all the girls. <laughs> you are correct. So he is talking to a woman named Sandra at a party. And so they finally kind of go to the back room and she's like, no, you know, I'm liberated and put on a condom. And he's like, I don't want to. But, but it'll make it feel better for me if I don't wear a condom. Right? It, Go fuck yourself. I want a condom. So they get started, and then he tells her to just uh, turn backwards so she can't see. He takes the condom off and shoots it like a slingshot. And then they get going, and they have sex all night. Literally all night. Just banging. Yeah, for like eight hours. Yeah. They do a quick fast forward of just That's... the time. It was absurd. That's yeah. a hard no. Not possible. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's a mess. The next I don't care how horny and in, in college you are. Not possible. Yeah. Maybe you two. Have to sleep at some point or hydrate yeah. or eat. Maybe two, maybe three times maximum. Right. Yeah, potentially eight hours. Right. You just bang no. it and like you want to go get a taco or something. I mean, girls can't <laughs> handle it either. Sign number one. Right. Something ain't right. Yeah. So. The next morning, old Jake, he's got a rash. And so, hey, that looks like the penguin from Gotham. It is. So he tells him, like, hey, you got a weird rash on you. Uh, you should probably get that checked out. And he's like, ah, I'm all right. And he's like, yeah, okay, you know your body. Okay, bud, see ya. Uh, and he leaves. And so he goes to the campus doctor, Dr. Kubler. Remember that name? Because he's going to pop up a lot in all these fucking stories. And apparently he looks the same in time has gone by in these i just realized what the fuck we don't know the time has gone by it's in my seven words yeah (laughs) emma's like what the fuck so um dr kubler um he goes through the info on him and he's like oh that's not okay that's different hey stay here um i gotta look up something real quick and he scoots off he's like everything's fine just just stay right there (laughs) and he leaves the room real fast Jake grabs the paper and he looks down and he says, he sees that the paper says that he's pregnant. <laughs> so he's like, oh, that's not right at all. <laughs> so he actually calls Sandra and um, to meet and uh, he finds where she lives. Cause he's like, Hey, you want to hang out or something? She's like, yeah, that sounds great. Gets her address before he can leave. Hey, he gets caught in a surprise celebration from his fraternity brothers. Because he's had sex with 67 women. And apparently in that fraternity, that's a sweet-ass goal that um, there's all these names. That's the number of all the founders. Yeah. So there's all these names on these little flags. And above this, like, door frame. And they put them in. And Katie's like, hey, it looks like teeth. I'm like, well, it's kind of predatory when you go in there. Uh, like, oh, metaphor. Yeah. Also, 63 or 7, however seven. many fucking founders is too many founders for a fraternity yeah that's, Correct. that's not realistic yeah that's a fuck ton in no world are you getting 67 people together in one room with a common goal that are like yes let's make these decisions this is the yeah. one this is the secrets the secret handshake that we're all going to agree upon nah yeah oh, that sounds right nah there was like 20 max Fraternities and sororities start with like 20 people, maybe 30, not any more than that. Yeah, that's pretty Cause, wild. Because more than yeah. that, there's no way to get a consensus to decide anything. You have to like, 
yeah. impossible. It's impossible. It's, it's really tough to get a yes with a lot of people in the room. Yeah. So they lift him up like it's a what a Jewish wedding. Bar lift him in the, or a bar mitzvah. Yeah. yeah. They lift him up and oh no, his water broke. <laughs> And he slimes everybody like it's fucking Ghostbusters. He and, sure does. And everyone's like. And then they quietly put him down. What the? F- <laughs> and then he leaves. <laughs> they didn't really say much. I wouldn't say anything. I just put him down like, I'm going to go take a shower. So at Sandra's house, Jake's laid down on the table by the parents. They don't seem really surprised. They're more mad about this situation. And so. They help him birth the baby. And Sandra's upset because she's like, I thought you wore protection. And he's like, uh, I mean, you know, I took it off. And she's like, well, I mean, it's kind of on you, dude. And so. Yeah, I told you to fucking wear a condom, bitch. And so she calls another guy and is like, well, it looks like I'm free. I got more time on my hands. And he's like, you no. And leaves Jake with her parents. So Jake asks, well, how's the baby going to come out? And he's like, well, the way it, it got there through the pee hole which is absurd and doesn't work like that so the baby is just drop kicking its way out of his body and then there's a split second where you see a penis and then it explodes (laughs) (laughs) comes out that was uncomfortable oh my god (laughs) and then he he dies because it just like it exploded his penis it it kool-aid mans his way out of his body there was no niceness about it. It literally ripped like halfway up his belly. When you look at that end, it's not just that it blew up his dick. It literally split him up to his ribs. Well, yeah, because men's pelvises aren't made the same way that ours are. Yep, don't got those yep. childbearing hips. He paid for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Sandra's mom actually takes the baby upstairs and puts it in a crib. And she tries to quietly make her way out and she steps on a little toy and then crying just hits from the whole room. There's tons of babies up there. And that's why they were so upset because Sandra is a free soul and likes to do it. And she tells the kids, hey, you should wear protection. But when they don't, they have babies and explode and then they just take care of the babies. So I was like, that's a lot. So it's just a room full of squid babies. I mean, the dudes die, but they still got to take care of the squid baby. So, yeah, yeah, that kind of sucks. Correct. But yeah. So the third story till death. So in the 70s, apparently, uh, Wendell, he is taking care of his wife and she had some type of illness. They don't really say what it is, but it fucked her up enough to the point where she isn't functioning. She's kind of sits up. He has to prop her up. She's paralyzed. Yeah from basically the neck down she does move at some point so i, I don't very know. little yeah i don't know how much of uh, anyway she doesn't really do anything on her own so wendell uh has to take take care of her and so it's getting to him it's been i don't know how long they've been married but it seems like they got married maybe had a year or two of like normalcy no they got married and literally at the wedding yeah she started like going down at the wedding down. Like during the I do's, she just like seized up. God. And so, you know, when you get married, they say till death do you part, you know, sickness and health. So he's been taking care of her for a while now and it's starting to get to him and it sucks. It sucks, but that's life, you know? 
and he's got bills stacking up. Yeah, he can't pay because he can't work because he has to be with her. Yeah, 24/7. he has to watch her, or she will die if she's alone. So his doctor, Doctor Kubler, boom, 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 looking the same, tells him, "Hey, um, this like painkiller I'm giving you, if she takes more than two of these, it'll it'll probably fucking kill her." And he's like, "Okay, well, thanks for you know the heads up on that." He's like, "No, no, no, you don't get me. If she takes more of these." She'll die, and it's and it's not to... traceable. Yeah, it's not traceable. I'm just I'm just saying, and he's like, oh, okay. So Wendell makes a dinner that night, a really nice dinner, and he puts the well. He actually tells her he looks her dead in the face. He tells her like, Carol, if you're in there, make some type sign. of sign. Give me some type of sign, please. And she doesn't do anything. He's like, please do something if you're there, and she doesn't. So he's like, okay. And he puts all of the pills, like opens them up and puts it into like four of them or six of them in there. Yeah. into some of her food and he feeds her. And then she actually grabs his arm because she's choking on the food. And I was like, oh, holy shit. She, she, she is there. And so he helps her not choke. And he actually takes he has his belt strapped around her chest to keep her upright. And so he loosens that so he can get to her. And actually helps her get the food up. And so he's like, well, poison is gone now. She spit it all up. So he actually got her a present. I forgot what type of. Uh... Arctic, Arctic white rabbit. Some Arctic hair. Or Arctic yeah. hair. Yeah. She collects like little rabbit trinkets. Yes. So he got her that. And so he sits her back down in the chair and he's, you know, scared because he kind of tried Almost to kill her. her. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, he didn't put her back into the belt situation that he made. And she falls forward onto the hair and impales herself in the head and dies. So now at this point, he calls the doctor and he's like, what the fuck do I do? What do I do? And the doctor's like, hey, don't call me back. But you got to get rid of that body. Put that in something and dump that in the water. Don't call me back. And so he puts the body, tries to put the body in a... uh, what uh what is that just like a big old box trunk trunk. thank you look in the trunk uh (laughs) trunk and then he realizes she's a little too tall for it so he cuts her up cuts her into little pieces and puts her in the trunk sections yeah not necessarily little pieces (laughs) well but like at the knees smaller than her body yes but yes and drags her to the elevator and their elevator in the the apartment's kind of shitty and so super scary yeah so he gets on the elevator with the body and he actually gets stuck. The elevator stops. And then he starts having hallucinations, freaking out about it. And the body actually wakes up and talks about um, till death do us part and actually gives him a kiss on the mouth. And he's all types of fucked up. And so when the police get there and free him, there's no blood anywhere. He's sitting on the trunk. And he is just saying, he's repeating his vows over and over. And the corpse is still in the box. So he is crazy. He, he lost it. And we'll actually see him later. Because in the other story, we see him. So uh, in between. So this is where it gets a bit meaty. So after this, Sam complains that all of Montgomery's stories are all the same. It's like, hey, person does this. They do something wrong. They get punished. And like, life doesn't work like that. People get away with shit all the time. 
You know, that's stupid. Your stories are dumb, sir. And so uh, Montgomery takes her down to the mortuary little basement and because he's going to cremate the the baby or the child-sized coffin. And so Sam actually stops him and she says, okay, I got to tell you the truth. I'm not here for the job. I just needed to get in here long enough because I need something from that dead kid. And Montgomery's like, what? And then she's like, I got a story to tell you, sir. And so uh, we go to one night and Sam is babysitting a kid named Logan. And she's watching a scary movie and she's cooking dinner and dancing around, having a good time. And she misses a news bulletin about an escaped patient from the local asylum got out. And so uh, I forgot when on the TV it pops up, but we see that some people from the asylum escaped. And then we see some of the cops there. And one of the cops is Wendell. Me and Katie were like, what the fuck? And so he's in an outfit and he looks real awkward. He's like, yeah, yeah, they got out. I'm like, oh my God, they put on a cop outfit. (laughs) So so while it's happening, Sam sees a strange guy come into the the house and he's got a head wound and he's real confused. And she's like, what's what's happening, bud? And he's like, he's like, okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. Don't don't, freak me out. And so the phone rings and they hear an answering machine say, hey, there's an escape killer out there. Stay with Logan until we get there. Just, you know, stay safe. So at this point, the killer looks at Sam. Sam looks at the killer, and they both quietly realize that they're going to start scrapping. <laughs> so Sam puts his hand into, like, this meat grinder and grinds a couple of the fingers, and they're fighting. And Sam's doing her best. She's, you know, a petite gal, and he's a big-ass dude. And so... She's doing some damage to him, but then every time he gets a hand on her and like judo flips her, throws her into something, and she's like, that really hurt. So um, they fight, and then they head upstairs to actually look for Logan. And uh, in that fight, Logan actually hides. He has this cool little hiding spot, so he's in there. And after a whole, whole lot of fighting, uh, the guy is actually choking out Sam and Sam looks him in the face and says, you're not a killer. You can't, you're not, you can't, you're not going to kill me. And then the guy stops. He's like, you're right. I'm not a killer. And he stops. And then he like takes a breath. And while he's doing that, Sam runs up and throws his ass down the stairs. <laughs> and at the bottom of the stairs, she grabs a TV and drops it on his head and kills his ass. And I was like, damn, go Sam, turn up. So yeah, Logan, she sure did. Yeah, she fucked him up. Good. So Logan's parents get home. Hey, it's Dr. Kubler and his wife. Jesus Christ. Uh, they find a dead guy. And then Dr. Kubler is like, oh, my God, it's Sam. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, no. <laughs> the woman that we've been cheering on and watching through this movie is the fucking child murderer, crazy person that broke out. So she is called the tooth fairy killer. And you know what she does to kids, y'all? She eats them. She cooks them and eats them. So that dinner she's been cooking all night? Yes, that was Logan. And so uh, the parents go to the oven because something's cooking. Something's burning. Yes. And they look in. It's their fucking kid's body. And that's how the the story ends. And so her name's Charlotte now. So Charlotte ends. She finishes the story. She takes out a giant knife and takes a tooth from Logan's burnt corpse. Because she's like, hey, you have your stories. I have my mementos. I just wanted this. That's all I wanted. 
And so she's a, she's going to leave. She's like, you know, it kind of sucks that, you know, you were here and saw me do this because you kind of got to die. And she stabs Montgomery in the stomach and Montgomery goes down. He like actually fakes like he's dead. He gets back up and he's like, yeah, you don't know what the fuck's happening right now. It's like, <laughs> you can't kill me. And she's like, what? And he tells her like, no, the job is yours now. You're not going anywhere. So she gets to the front door and she tries to leave the mortuary. Every time she leaves, she instantly gets teleported back inside and he pops up again. He tells her, no, you don't get it. You signed that to when you signed up to be like my new second in command. No, no, no. You sign up to be part of this weird ass mortuary. Like I was here centuries ago and I signed up for it. It's it's been a running just job. You're going to be here for a very long time. And so Charlotte runs off some more and she ends up in the library. And he, and uh, Charlotte says, you know, no one can control, you know, the future. It doesn't work like that. He's like, eh, the situation we can. And then he starts bringing books out. And it's like, it's funny. I usually have one story for every person in town, you know, in this mortuary. But you have a lot of stories. You ended a lot of stories here, Charlotte. And every book that hits the ground is a dead kid. And so the room is filled with dead, burnt children. And they all attack Charlotte. And they actually rip her apart. <laughs> and so Montgomery's like, dang, that's cool. And he actually sews her body back together and fills her body full of embalming fluid. And then he goes to the front door. And he actually gets to walk out of the mortuary. And he's excited. He's like, cool. I can like live my life i can go do something unfortunately because it was my question i was like well if he's been in there for a very long time if he went out wouldn't time just catch up to him and then he turns into dust <laughs> and i was like oh yeah yeah it did and so charlie he sure did he yeah. didn't just like turn into it either he just like sunk into him it was like indiana jones but then just went <gasps> yeah it's crazy so Charlotte's body reanimates inside the mortuary and there's a final scene. Me and Katie both agreed that they shouldn't have did the final scene, but Hey, Charlotte's a new mortician. She's got a nice little dress on and she's telling a kid, actually the paper boy you saw earlier in the movie, she's telling him a story. And then the kid's like, well, that story was really fucking creepy. I got to go home. I got to go home now. And she's like, but where are you going? I was just about to start making dinner. And then the movie ends. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't need that. Yeah, I didn't need that end part. Just, uh-uh. you know, she's punished, but now she's still dragging kids in, which is stupid. I wouldn't go inside a mortuary, but no, I know. So, Katie, what was your favorite story in the mortuary collection? Oh, I actually didn't have a favorite story. We can do person. It's fine. I had a person this time because they actually had like, you know a throughout story that actually made sense that had characters yeah and i went with clancy brown yeah he crushed it the mortician he was creepy um his delivery of the stories was fantastic his deep voice and his costuming was just incredible um the mortician was easily the best part of this story like there were several other um like characters and things that were through all the way throughout all of these stories like the doctor and sam and all of these different things that like kind of wove their way through this whole story but i think clancy brown was the best part emma i also said 
Monty Dark. He he was just I don't know, he played the part of the mortician really well, but not overly creepy to the point where you didn't feel okay that before you knew who she was, Sam was in there with him. You know, he just seemed like this guy that really needed to retire and had really intense stories about deaths that he had seen, you know, but I don't know. I just, I really liked him. He was just relatable in a weird way. So I don't know. It worked, worked for me. Otis. Yeah, ditto. So I actually went with a story, but then it ties into my favorite character, Evil Easily, the main story of this movie. So it's the, the frame, the frame story, the frame narrative. Uh, Montgomery and Sam slash Charlotte, they were the best parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird. Usually with anthologies, um, a lot of them, I enjoy the stories and the main story is kind of meh, it's just there, you know, but they were really good together. The way they talk to each other and Sam She's like, well, I called that story and that one. Yeah, just she's like, all your stories are like, don't be bad. If you're a good person, you won't get fucking eaten by a monster. And he's like, I mean, there's more to it. And like, no, it doesn't really sound like it. Uh, She's just calling him out for his old school, like silly stories and stuff. They they were amazing together. And yeah, I I got I got played. I was wondering why she's so curious in the kid. And I was like, oh, it's probably like a friend or something. And then the babysitter story hit. And I was like. Oh, she was babysitting the kid. Yeah, I'd be, I want to go to see the kid again too. And I was like, oh, no. As soon as they were like, oh, yeah, she's the babysitter, I was like, she should have been at that funeral then. Yes. Like, there's no, if any, if that happened to me, there's no way I would miss. But then I, I thought, I kind of thought the two, and I was like, oh, maybe she felt guilty. Like she, she didn't save the kid. You know, I was like, you know, I would feel bad. And I'm like, I don't know if the parents want to see me. It was awesome. And then we get the fucking flip. I got played. I was like, oh my gosh, she's a fucking bad guy. And I was like, ah, I cheer for you. I hate you so much. Uh, it was great. No, they're the best part. Katie, what was your least favorite person or part of this? Noah from the kissing booth. <laughs> yep. If you are going to have sex with someone and they tell you to put on a condom, fucking put on a condom. Yep. The end. Like, I don't care if it feels better to you to not wear a condom or whatever garbage excuse you want to say. You realize that the person you're having sex with could have AIDS. Yeah. Like, no, that's not a concern to you. Like, you're so concerned about how a vagina feels against your bare dick that you would risk getting AIDS. Or risk making the girl pregnant? Yeah. Like, it's so fucking dumb. Man, fuck that frat guy. And I like Jacob Elordi, but fuck that guy. Well, he's a good actor. Emma. I also chose Jake because if you are going to go around touting empowerment and all this stuff about how... You know, the patriarchy is dying and it's time for women to take their position in whatever. Like, don't be a dick and not mean that. 
Like, how dare you pass out condoms and then not use them? Yep. That guy's a piece of shit. Yep. Otis? Uh, yeah, I knew you guys were going to jump on that. So I was like, I'll go for somebody else. Uh, yeah, I mean, it made sense. But, I mean, his penis exploded. So he learned <laughs> something, I guess. Uh, I actually went with the story Till Death with Wendell. Um, I didn't really like the story that much. He just, he lost his mind. I mean, he did chop his wife up. So I guess, yeah. It just, I don't know. It was all right. The other ones were so good and quick. That one seemed to be a little bit longer than all of them. You know, the babysitter one, I had to have been the longest one, the babysitter one. It felt like they were scrapping for like fucking 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. But it was good. You know, it's like a, a fucking teenager swinging on this crazy guy. I was like, this is awesome. Uh, but no, I didn't. I didn't like the story with Wendell, and it just didn't. It didn't hit. So minority kill count. So I can't remember any minorities dying in this movie. Yeah, we don't know if the kid died at the end. He would have been like the only one. I mean, I like yeah. think that he got his little ass. <laughs> well, I gotta go. Well, I was about to make dinner. I'm good. Nah. My mom's making me dinner. Bye. And I'll be like, right. you know, I didn't see an oven in here and it's mortuary. So I'm going to just skedaddle. She's like, come here. I got to show you something. Nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to run away now. <laughs> uh, I can't think of any minorities because in the babysitter one, it's just the two of them swinging. Um, in Wendell's, it was just the white lady died. No, this is another movie. Yeah. Hey, look at those minorities surviving another night. Or just not <laughs> being in the movie at all. You're right. So we are now, oh, I think some of the girls, the uh, empowered women, I think there was at least one that was dark skinned. Was there? Guaranteed there was one. Yeah. One of the college girls. I think so. Um, so now the minority kill count, 166 and a Tito turtle. <laughs> so let's do seven word synopsis. Synopsis? Uh, I have two of them. Uh, my first one is it was that crazy chick all along. And then we cheered for the villain. Oh, no. <laughs> I was cheering uh, for Sam. I was like, survive, Sam. Get out of here. Get out. Oh, you're crazy. God damn it. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I hate cheering for the villain. I hate being forced to cheer for the villain when I don't want to. Uh, Katie. Clancy Brown deserves many awards for this. God damn right he does. That's and, the truth. And then babysitter plot twist was unexpected and horrific. Yeah. Emma. Really does not make me want to leave my child with a babysitter. <laughs> Ever. Okay. I said, that's what you get for being skeevy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my wiener exploded. And that's a twist I didn't see coming. Yeah. Same doctor throughout. Maybe it's his fault. <laughs> I yep. mean, he gave all right advice. So, yeah. Probably. Uh-huh. And then my alliterative featurette filled film full of frightful foolishness. Hell yeah. So, this movie came out September 22nd, 2019. Uh, once again, it is one of those films that came out um got produced by one of these channels i want to say it was on shutter no amazon amazon yeah. yeah 
Well, Shutter through yeah. Amazon, but yeah. Yeah, Amazon exclusive, and they don't really like giving out money. Uh, it looks beautiful. I'm very curious. Um, you know, I looked for five seconds, so there's probably a budget out there somewhere. I just don't care enough. But it looked really cool, and all the scenes and stuff, like it all had this really cool look to it. So I, I'd like to think it's that it's very it probably, real. Yeah, I, I probably like to think that it was probably a little expensive. Um, but all the the ratings and stuff that I've seen, it, it's awesome. It has a rating on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety seven percent. Yeah, uh, everybody loves it, and they say like it's the quality of the stories. It's amazing. Like every story looks fucking great, and I I loved it a lot. It reminded me a lot of Trick or Treat, and just how all the stories they had. Well, those stories connected a lot more. It was just one wild ass night. Yeah. Well, just like Tales of Halloween, that was one wild ass night, you know. But in Trigger Treat, like, I don't know, it just looked really cool. And then we had Sam walking around, watching shit go down and then swinging on an old man. Because that's what you do when you're crazy and a pumpkin kid. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, this this was absolutely amazing. I loved Mortuary Collection. So uh, it'll be one of those films that I'm like, hey, you like scary, but not like, you know, blow your butt out scary. Check this out. It's really, really good. And, yeah. You know, you'll be creeped out if anything. So does anybody have anything else to say about the Mortuary Collection? Go watch it. If you sat through this and let us spoil the whole thing for you, poo. But if you did and you still want to go watch it, please do. Yeah, seriously. It's really fucking good. Yeah. Okay. So. If you have any other cool fun facts or if there's a uh, anthology film that I haven't seen or brought up, you can tweet us at Alan Tempod. We have an email. It is Presents at gmail.com. We have our Facebook at Allentown Presents. So on Facebook, it's all just pops up. Check it out up there. It's really awesome. So uh, thank you, a Studio Fitas, for the artwork. We love it. Salty Terrell. It's a really good picture. Uh, I need to call you guys for some more pictures. Uh, really cool things happening soon. I have a big surprise for everybody for the podcast. Uh, I think we'll probably show it off Halloween night. That last episode we'll probably show something off. It's going to be really cool. I loved it. I showed it to uh, the squad. And they seem to enjoy it. So I'm, I'm very excited to show it off. It's, it makes me happy. So, <laughs> uh, so this is episode 16. We're past the halfway point. We're through the looking glass, people. So uh the the back half of movies there's some pretty solid ones some funny ones coming up and then hopefully there are two scary movies that i've put on there and i have intentionally avoided bringing up because they're good they should be wild as fuck uh soon enough the new halloween movie comes out and we're gonna review that that's gonna be the freshest fucking review ever <laughs> yeah Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's going to be like the well, night we did, of. We or... did Muppets one like two nights later. Yeah, that's true. That was pretty fresh. But I think this Halloween one's going to be like within 24 hours of it coming out. So uh, I'm very pumped. There's some really, really good scary movies coming up. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Okay, bye, guys. Toots. Now that's shitty. <laughs> okay, bye, guys.